time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Yep, 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 yep. This is podcast number 90. You hear that? This is the 90th podcast that I've done since uh, last fall. It's hard to believe. 90 different incredible power truth-packed episodes talking about the incredible truth that God gives us and his word and how it radically changes our lives on a daily basis. Episode 90. Hey, I, I posted here uh, a little while back that, um, speaking of podcasts, uh, we have 30 different countries, people from 30 different countries that are listening into the podcast. But more importantly is the fact that we need to keep doing these podcasts and we, uh, we are just about out of space in terms of storing these podcasts and, and making them available to everyone who wants to uh, to scroll through, because you know there's so many different great topics that that we've covered on this thing, and um, we need to continue to add to those, obviously uh, week by week. But we're running out of space, and so we need to purchase some more memory online so that we can keep these podcasts going. And so, if you'd like to contribute towards that, it's a total of about two hundred fifty dollars, and we've had some uh, money be contribute uh, that have been contributed to that, but uh, we still need about uh, close to $200 uh, for to make that happen. So uh, literally, the, the, at the end of this series, we're going to be out of space. So I need some people just to step up and just say, hey, I want to support you. This will last for like almost a year, I think. It'll be a year's worth of podcast uh, in terms of the amount of space we'll be buying. I mean, it'd be great if we could just go ahead and buy unlimited space. Uh, it's not that expensive, but you know, $250 is a lot of money. Understand. But if we all come together, then, uh, then we can make this thing happen. Also, I just want to give a shout out to the, some of the folks that are, are supporting this podcast ministry on a monthly basis. You know, I, I um, broadcast a little while back about I'm looking for a team eight. In other words, uh, some people that would come along and just say, hey, Jeff, you do eight podcasts a month. I'll give a dollar a podcast. So that's $8 a month. And uh, some folks have come on board with that. And you know what? That really makes a difference. It really does. You just think, well, my eight, it's $8, you know. No, it really does make a difference because every dollar counts and we make the dollars last. And so this goes towards the expenses of putting all this together and, and purchasing that space and just making this little podcast ministry uh, continue to be effective. So all that to say is if you'd like to support this podcast ministry, uh, you do so. If, if not, don't worry about it. It's free. It's I'm doing this as, as a gift to you because I want you to get God's truth. And so, um, so that's the deal there. Okay, so we're doing a series called Big Jesus. And last time I talked about, uh, is Jesus big enough? <laughs> is he worthy to be your God? Is, is Jesus that big that he is so worthy to be your God? You need to go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't already done so, because there are some mind-blowing truths that Paul covers in Colossians chapter 1. So that's, is Jesus worthy to be your God? The second, the second episode in this uh, Big Jesus series is to ask this question, is he able to be your savior? Is Christ able to be your savior? You know, we talk a lot about Jesus dying on the cross for us. And there's so much to unpack on the, in those truths. But in order, once again, in order to understand why the death of Christ is so significant, we have to first, we don't start with man, we start with God. And the Bible tells us that, that God is a holy God, that he's a righteous God, that he is a God that is without sin. And because he's righteous and he's just, 
then his righteous nature demands that he punish sin. And so God created a place originally for the devil and his angels, Matthew tells us, and that place is called hell. But those without Christ join the devil and his angels in hell. And so that's what's awaiting those. And, and you say, well, hell, what is that? Well, that's just an expression of the wrath of God. Okay? So because God, un, he pours out, he unleashes his wrath on sin. And if you're attached to sin when you die without Christ, if you're without Christ when you die, then you go to that place and you suffer the eternal wrath of God. Revelation tells us that the torment of the smoke of those in hell rises up forever. You burn in hell forever. You know, all the jokes that people make about hell, right? But it's this very serious subject. That's the wrath of God. Satan doesn't, doesn't rule in hell. He's not there on a throne with a pitchfork telling the demons to go torture people. Satan's not torturing anybody in hell, or he won't when he gets there in the lake of fire, ultimately, nor will his demons. The, the torturer, the tormentor is God. The ones being tormented are those who rejected God's offer of salvation, who refused to allow Jesus to be their Savior. So we begin with the character of God. Now, we obviously can't make it to God on our own because we're we're unable. We have a, we're we're just we don't have the ability. In Ephesians two, verses one through three tells us that that, tell, that we are born in sin. We are spiritually dead. And what can a dead man do? Nothing, right? So we're born in sin. We can't do anything about our our state. In fact, that's why God gave the Ten Commandments because He knew we would break them. Everyone breaks the Ten Commandments. And he gave those to us so that we would see our inability. Because God's bar is, is set high. His standard is set high. And when we realize that we cannot reach the standard set by this holy God, we cry out, God, I need you. God says, good, that's where I want you to be. And we cry. And so God provided something for us. He initially provided a, you know, a, the coat of an animal for Adam and Eve after they sinned. He killed an animal. He, he slew an animal. And that illustrated the fact that you know Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sins. There's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. Something has to die. Something has to pay. And so all throughout the Old Testament, when the Jews would kill uh, goats and, and doves and, and bulls and those type of things, those things were pictures. They were images. They were foreshadowings of the ultimate sacrifice. It was a, a way to picture. And then in time, Jesus Christ came. Galatians tells us that in the fullness of time, Christ came. And Christ was that sacrifice. He was the sinless son of God, the God-man, 100% God, 100% man. And when he died upon that cross, it just wasn't a, a, a just a death, you know, the stopping of his heart. That's not what saved us. What happened on that cross was this. When Jesus hung on that cross, God the Father did some did two things to him. Two things that that are the result of sin. The, number, the first thing is, is that he blasted him with his holy wrath. Jesus suffered in our place. Not that we were going to the cross, but that we were going to hell. Jesus went to hell on the cross. Not literally went to hell, but he suffered the wrath of God, which is what hell is. So in other words, all the wrath that God had stored up and his anger and fury against sin because he's a righteous and true God 
He put that for you, all that stuff that was stored up in your account. He put that on Jesus at the cross. And Jesus said, no, no, I'll take it for you. Hang on. And so he took that for you. He took your wrath, your all the hell that you would experience in eternity. You realize how long that is? It never ends, ever. He took that on the cross. And God the Father miraculously blasted him with all of that wrath for every person who would be saved. And he took that. That's the first thing he did. The second thing that he did was this. It says, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. Death in the Bible always means separation. What we earn from being sinners is separation from God. And on that cross, something mysterious happened. Something horrific and mysterious happened. God the Father turned his back on his own son. God the Father separated from the Son during that time that he suffered on the cross. Now, I don't fully understand that. I don't understand how that could happen. But that's exactly why Jesus cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you, you know the next word, forsaken me? You know, Jesus always referred to God as my Father, my Father, my Father, all throughout the Gospels. But on the cross, it was my God. He was the just and holy God. And in, his, in the humanity that Christ bore in that moment, he cried out, why have you forsaken me? In hell, you are forsaken by God. Everything that is good, everything that is loving, everything that is noble, everything that is enjoyable, everything that is remotely pleasurable or fulfilling or happy is gone in hell because God is the source of all those things. In hell, they are forsaken by God forever. And that alone would be hell. But on top of that, he places his anger and his fury and his wrath. And the Bible says they are tormented in hell. Every person in hell right now, as I'm speaking this, every person in hell right now has perfect memory recall from their time on earth. And they replay in a loop over and over again the horrible memory of the fact that they knew Christians and they heard the gospel and they had chances, but they refused because they wanted to live for themselves. I'll, I'll do a podcast here sometime about just hell itself, but that's what Jesus did for you. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world. That's why he did it. He did it for love because he loved you. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrates his love. Christ died for us. That's what that means. He took the hell for you. So, so how did God the Father respond to Jesus' offering of himself on the cross? Well, at the end of that time, Christ cried out, it is finished. It's a great, great term, tetelestai. 
It's actually an accounting term. It's a business ledger term. Jesus said, the account is now paid in full. Paid in full. Wow. And the Bible has a very unique word for that. The Bible calls that propitiation. I guarantee it's a word you haven't used this week. But in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, <clears throat> it says, He himself, Christ, is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. That word propitiation means a satisfactory payment. It's, it's the same word. It's a Greek word that refers to an Old Testament word, referring to the mercy seat in the temple where, 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 where God saw the blood of the bulls and the goats, and he forgave sins based upon that. Christ is that propitiation. He is the final payment. He is the paid-in-full document. That's who he is. And he did that for us. You say, well, when you say that he's your Savior, you know that he's saving you from hell, but he's also saving you towards something else, for something else, for himself. Well, what do you get out of this deal? Oh, there's so much we could talk about. Can we just talk about forgiveness of sins? The Bible says in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, talking about his beloved son, Jesus, says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So see, when, when we accept that payment that Christ made on the cross, God, in essence, stamps on our account with him. Instead of, you owe me hell forever, he stamps paid in full. That payment of hell forever is paid in full. And God's righteous demands are fulfilled. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in whom, in him, rather, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. You see, when we say that Jesus Christ is our Savior, we're saying that, that we have received the forgiveness of our sins and that God no longer holds us accountable for our sins. We're, we're, we're free. That's why Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God now through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's not angry with us. You see, he loves us as sinners, but he's also angry with us because his righteousness demands that we pay for the sin that we've offended him with. But we're justified now. How about Romans 8.1? Paul says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, the law, the Old Testament law couldn't save us, but it could tell us that we needed a Savior. Does that make sense? It showed us what we need, what we needed. And it says in, in chapter 8, verse 3, it says, What the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the requirement of the law, that perfection, might be fulfilled in us through Jesus Christ, through that death. So we gain forgiveness. We are forever forgiven. Think about that. Dwell on that. Meditate on that. 
When you stand before God as a Christian person, there is not one sin, not a thought, not a word, not a deed, not an attitude, not a relationship that God will bring up because every sin has been paid for. It's all paid. It's like several years ago, I, I, I paid off a huge loan at a bank when I sold my house. And when that happens, the bank gives you a document saying that the loan has been paid in full. Why, why does it do that? Well, it's a matter of record. Yeah, it's a matter of law. Yeah, but here's the deal. It's to protect me. So that, so that when I have this document from the bank that says, Jeff, you, you've paid off the loan in full, the bank can't, you know, a year later come back and say, hey, we want some more money from you. You know, owe us some more dough. It can't do that because I've got the document that has your stamp on it that says paid in full. And I can tell them to take a long walk on a short pier. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't owe them anything. See, you don't owe any sin payment to God because Jesus paid it all. <laughs> you know, it's like the old hymn says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. And when God sees you now, he sees you as cleansed. And he always does. He sees you as cleansed. He sees you as forgiven. He sees you as righteous. So we don't just, we're not just made innocent. We're not just made, we don't just start at zero now and we start adding up the sins again. No, we're made righteous. In fact, listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. This might be in the top 10 deepest Bible verses you'll ever hear, so pay attention. It says, He, God the Father, made Him, God the Son, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf. So in other words, when Jesus died on the cross, this is even this is hard to say, but when Jesus died on the cross, God the Father treated him like he was sin itself. And the holy hatred and wrath that God has for sin, he poured out on Jesus. But it says in that verse, on our behalf, why in the world would you? eternal, infinite, holy, righteous, sovereign. Die for me. It's like the song says, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, would die for me? What? How in the world do I figure that out? But watch this, the last part of the verse. It's why does he do this for us? Is there a purpose behind this, that he wants to be our Savior? What's, what's being, him being my Savior do for me? Last part of this verse. He made him a new no sin to be sin on my behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you get that? What God is saying is that he declares you to be as righteous as his only son, Jesus. Not because you earned it, but because Jesus now wraps his cloak of righteousness around you. So the father who demands righteousness when he looks at you because of what Jesus did on the cross as your savior, he now sees you as righteous and holy in his sight. And that's the only thing that's going to get you into heaven is having the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And yet 
that's what salvation does for you. Is that a reason to be excited? Are you kidding me? Jesus is able to be your savior. Hey, we're going to continue this incredible Big Jesus series next time on the Vintage Truth Podcast. I hope you tune in. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.